The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Dirtfish Rally friends and welcome to yet another edition of Spin the Rally Pod. Now, in our ever-changing lineup, and we do love a bit of variety just to keep things fresh, uh, it is myself, Colin Clark, this week joined from north of the border by George Donaldson, who's returned from Africa. George, good to have you along as always. Good afternoon. I can't quite remember what your name is, but yes. <laughs> oh, well, that's a little in-joke, by the way. And also north of the border, in a little town called Edinburgh, it's our friend and colleague, Luke Barry. Luke, it's uh, also great to have you along with us. Thank you very much, Colin, and great to have you back as well, because you've been away on your travels a bit recently as well, haven't you? Oh, Luke, I do love you, mate. You're a good boy. Just moving on. You haven't taken the bait that George Donaldson has thrown you away to wind me up. Uh, you're a good boy. You really are. I have been on my travels, Luke. Yeah, you know, I missed out on coming up. You two were both at uh, the McRae Stages, weren't you, at the weekend? Not the McRae Stages. What, what do we call it? The McRae... Rally uh, Challenge. We call it Rally Challenge. That's the one. That's the one, the McRae Rally Challenge. I missed that because I was in Spain for the week with 48 school children. Quite that. That was a challenge in itself. Oh, I can't, <laughs> can't even think about that, Colin, but what fun I'm sure it was, absolutely. No, it was tremendous fun. I it can was imagine. Fun. Do you know what, George, you know, uh, you've done a variety of different jobs in your career. I've done a few different jobs. Looking after 48 children is the most exhausting thing I have ever done in my life. Um, the responsibility, oh my goodness me. It's enough responsibility when it's your own kids, but when you're looking after someone else's kids, it was exhausting. It really was, but fun and satisfying. Totally understand. As these things often totally are. Totally understand right. yeah. It was good. But, but yes, yeah, so uh, what are we talking about, boys, this week? We are going to talk about the McRae Rally Challenge. We're also... Clearly going to talk. I tell you what, George, we'll also talk a little bit. We didn't, didn't mention this earlier on, but we'll talk a little bit about your uh, returning home from Africa because you obviously got back uh, safe and well after a very, very busy week there. Yes. Um, we will talk a bit as well about Estonia, which is coming up next week. And what else are we going to talk about, boys, on top of that? Well, Everything. I think, I think we're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about uh, uh, the connection that Colin uh, McRae and I have with one particular car. One, ah, one of yes, his first cars, yeah. Yes, we wasn't, are. It wasn't my Save suggestion to thought. talk about that, but, but uh, if, if it's of interest to people, let's talk about it. George, everything you say is of interest, mm. always. It's always mm. of interest. It interested, me, it interested me at the weekend. I had no idea. I was sitting staring at it, and George just pipes up and he goes, do you know why I used to drive this car? I'm like, yeah. eh? You well, that quiet. You know, George, I, listen, I've known George for the best part of 20 years now, and there are still things that, that I get told that he tells me that are surprised. George, you are, to be honest with you, one of the most humble rally drivers I've ever met. You don't shout your stories from the you know, treetops as many others do. Yeah. But you still, you still surprise me. I can't remember. There was something you told me about last year, and I went, no, you didn't do that. It was a rally. Was it Ypres or something? One of those rallies that you'd done. I've never done. I've never did Ypres. I did... I, I did um... Um, I did the oh, I did the circuit. Was it was I can't remember what it was. Uh, D- Dino, an uh, event in Dino. I can't remember what it was called. 
that was our first Belgian rally, and it was just I, I co-drove on, on for a, a Group Four escort, a Group B escort. It was not a very good one, but um, it was such fun and such an amazing event. And happily, we we got to go out and spectate. I say that <laughs> that's a little bit unfair. We got to go out and spectate for the sort of second three quarters of the rally. Uh, and there was the most fabulous array of cars, Alfa Alfa Romeo GTV sixes, oh, echoing down God. there in the Ardennes, you know, through the valleys and the river valleys, through tunnels, old railway tunnels oh. that are now roads coming out, and GTV sixes. I mean, a V six. I'm sure there was a Stratos. There was somebody was driving a Rover SD one. I don't think it was Tony Pond because it. It might have been, it might have been Tony Pond, but it might, it might have been Mark Duez or somebody. Can't quite remember. But it was all sorts of cars. It was just amazing. So there's another thing I'm learning about you. I never realised that you were a co-driver as well. Never realised you'd done a bit of co-driving. But if you're telling us that you went and enjoyed the last quarter of the rally, I guess that means your driver had a problem. Three, three quarters. Uh, Charles Campbell was the driver. And uh, we we ran out of talent between us, I think, actually. I won't blame it on Charles. <laughs> it was a, a lap stage that you were meant to do four times. And I think we did it, no, we did it, you were meant to do it five times and we only did it four times. And that was you out the rally. Really? End of, yeah, but well, but hard. Charles, so we had we had pace notes for it and we, we, we went off around the, the lap. And uh, I think it was maybe on the second lap, Charles basically forgot to break, um, bless his heart. And somehow we got round the corner and we spun down the road about three or four times. And I, I remember it being a bit of a blur and everything ended up on the floor. I mean, we clouted a bank, didn't do any damage, as I recall. Ended up with everything on the ground. Uh, we had to wait, I think, for the next car. I think we started to go and I said, no, no, stop. I don't know if we're going the right way or the wrong way. Couldn't tell. It was at night. And I think we stopped and waited for a bit and then we saw a car coming in and we started off going and and for the life of me I couldn't remember how many laps we'd done um, so co-driver co-driver error I mean I'll I tell you what it was a I mean I was screaming at him to you know whatever it was you know was a, a, you know fast right maybe late entry type thing it was a big wide road an industrial sort of lap of an industrial area but been no, there was no buildings on it. There wasn't a lot of reference point. It was just a lovely big asphalt road. And uh, we just had this massive... I think we, we must have done 720 degrees and clouded things. And um, and then we got excluded. For, well, you know, we, wow. we, we, we went the wrong way. You know, we, we came off a lap early. So that was that. And you couldn't, wow. you couldn't go back out and do another one. You know, the way you came in, it was... To be honest, I was pretty shaken by the whole experience at the time. I did co-drive. I, I did. I did. I, I did co-drive for people after that, but I don't think I, I do, don't think I co-drove for do, Charles again after that. Actually, here's the thing, George. <laughs> I, I have co-driven once as well, um, and and I don't have an entry on EWRC yet, so I have to speak to the lovely boys at EWRC. What event was it called? Look, look. Does it get you an entry? Would one one event as a co-driver get me an entry on EWRC? I think it has to be an international. It would, it would. Does it not have to be an international no, event? No, I'm going to one up no. you, Colin, because I've done one event as a co-driver and I do actually have an entry. That's outrageous. That's outrageous. I'm onto them now. That is outrageous. So, but George, here's the thing. It was a good event. It was the Richard Burns Memorial down at Margam Park at the RAF. Mar not Margam Park. Down at the RAF Margam. Marham. Margam. Can't even remember the name of the place. I'm not doing very well today, boys. Um, but it was uh, it was that that single venue event. It was the, the first one they ran, the first Richard Burns Memorial, 
Um, and there were some great cars, and I was there with Barry Clark. Remember Barry Clark? Yes, very well, uh, very well, you know, yes. In, in Fiesta Lovely STs, man. the wonderful Stobart Fiesta yes. STs. Did four or five rounds in a World Rally car. Stood in for Perez Compank once on the Jordan Rally with, I think it was Giovanni Bernacchini was the co-driver. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. um, but we were, we were in this little Fiesta ST, seated five, George. Seated five. Yeah. We had, um, we had, and I saw this car last weekend at Goodwood, we had the Aston Martin rally car behind us. Uh, and I remember Barry on the start line saying, look, we ain't going to win this event, Colin. He said, but the objective is to keep that Aston Martin behind us for at least this one stage. And it was about 20 kilometers yep. all the way around this field. We, we, we zigzagged all the way across this airfield and we went around the perimeter. I hate those events. Thought, They're no just chance. Mickey Mouse, really. I want but, no, but, the, but yeah, but it was... They're quite good some fun sometimes. They're quite good fun sometimes, but... I have to say, I have to say, when I had my second sausage sandwich of the morning, Barry looked at me and went, are you sure? And I went, yeah, I'm starving. And, you know, about three corners in, I thought, I know what he was talking about. I feel sick as a dog right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but we achieved two things. We kept the breakfast down and we stayed ahead of the Aston Martin. Not only did we stay ahead of it, 30 second gaps, we actually finished 40 seconds ahead of it. Did so, you, did you finish the whole rally? We did. Well, Colin, we did. that's very, we very, very commendable. And here was me thinking you'd never done a rally. I mean, I was actually but, just talking but, about but, that recently, berating you for well, never you, having uh, done an event and thinking I'm going to have to get you to do an auto test with me. And well, you are. I'm quite happy to do that. Okay. And I have done an auto test before, and I beat Tony Tony Gardemeister in an auto test I did, and I beat Julian Porter, Good and the two God. of them were really oh, they would be really Jesus. <laughs> oh my goodness! I tell you what, if you come to this, if you come to this auto test this so month, Colin, I'm going to be upset too. You'll be upset me too. I'll, I'll be tell missed. you where this was. I'll tell you where this was. It was Rally Scotland, and it was on the car park outside Stirling Castle. Actually, it might have been in Tesco's car park outside Stirling Castle, uh, and they'd organised this auto test, and they were. A number of teams. I think one of the teams was, I think it was a Scottish team. So it was me and someone else. There was the Norwegian team, with the Finnish team, the Scandinavian team, and the English team. Um, and we had borrowed these Skodas. And oh my goodness me, if that Skoda was going back on the forecourt with you know the state that I left it in, it was it was spotless. It was just I think with a completely burnt out clutch. But I beat them. Can you believe I beat the two of them? And that was it was the the, the highlight. The highlight. Of my motorsport career, and the results will be somewhere to be found. I'm sure. Colin, Colin, uh, it's only the highlights so far. There's more to come. There's more There's stories more to, to be told. I like that, right? Yeah. No, I, I don't know. So, I, I, no, listen, I, I understand. I understand my, my lack of talent when it comes well, to driving. Well, we need to be talking and, about and rallies honest, here, otherwise we're going to lose our audience here. We do, but I, I'm just going to finish my story. The only reason that we got to the end of that rally without, you know, committing the kind of crime that you committed as your co-driving on your co-driving efforts, George. Um, was because Robert Reed was checking every single one of my time cards. Okay, <laughs> making that, sure, that makes sense. Making sure I was in the right place at the right time, doing the right in, thing. In fairness to in there. fairness to myself, I've done I've done quite a lot of rallies as a co-driver, and I, and I think that was the only the only time I ever kind of you know let anybody down, and I don't think I really did, to be honest. I rather think I rather no, well. I rather think I might have saved our lives on that event. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Rather, right, moving I'd on. I rather boys. think I might have saved our lives at that point. Well done, George. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, look, uh, tell us all about the McRae, the McRae Challenge at the weekend. You were there for the whole weekend. It, it did look like a lot of fun. There were some big names there. It was. It was the second edition we'd had because there was one in 2015. I think it was 20 years after he won his championship. But this one. They kind of up the ante as you always have to if you're going to run a, a second edition of an event but it was great and i think the the highlight really of it was to have 
so many members of the McRae family there. The, the obvious ones were Jimmy Allister and Max, the three generations competing in the, the rally. But I think genuinely pretty much every single member of the family was, was there somewhere at the weekend. So it was quite special to see everybody together. And it's amazing to see how strong Colin's legacy still is. It, it, this was obviously to mark 27 years. It was meant to be 25, but it's postponed by a couple of years by COVID. So it's 27 years since Colin won his, his title. But I mean, he, he passed away 15 years ago. I know there'll be generations of rally fans now that weren't even alive and when Colin was competing or anything, and yet they still know all about him. They just want to, they want to experience the, 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 the sort of Colin story. And it was... That, I think that was really nice to see that there's still so many people that, that want to celebrate what he did. Yeah, it is quite incredible, isn't it? And, and George, you, you'll remember, I mean, I, I wasn't involved in rallying uh, so much when Colin was, was enjoying the tremendous success that he did enjoy. Um, but, you know, a, a combination of things, I think, that, that led to Colin McRae into the, uh, you know, the, the, the legend that, that he has become, you know, and... and uh, it was his driving style, it was his personality, it was his attitude, it was the timing, you know, rallying itself was pretty big in those days. And, and you know, it was the Colin McRae uh, game, wasn't it? Uh, it you combine it, all those it, things. It was a number, and, of, and, a number of things there, and, Colin, absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, Colin was, was genuinely irreverent of everything. I think it was perhaps his <laughs> indifference to fame and fortune. Yeah. And the fact is that Colin, you know, through all his success... Colin never changed. You know, he spent a, he spent a time living down in Monaco for a while, and that he was unbelievably unhappy. And and then he moved back to Scotland just to his mates, and you know decided to just you know obviously just pay the tax or do whatever. Um, I'm not quite sure what all those arrangements would be, but obviously the reason for living in Monaco is obviously a tax benefit. He obviously decided that that wasn't it wasn't for him, and he came back. and Colin just liked to be with his friends. And that's what he spent his life. You know, if he if he wasn't rallying or test driving or whatever, he just spent his time with his mates, and 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 his family. You know, and and, that, and that's actually what he liked to do. And such a straightforward bloke that way. It was it was very very refreshing. Um, and and do you know what? So so <clears> I didn't so I didn't really meet him uh, in the days when he was winning. Uh, I really just met him in in that final season when he. Uh, he drove for Skoda. I remember being being in Rally Australia on that final yeah. round of the season, where it looked like he was going to claim the most improbable podium for Skoda and was let down. The team the team changed apart in the final clutch, service. Someone clutch, stuffed yeah. up, yeah, was... uh, and 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 he was laid out and he he lost that podium. Uh, and then I think he did a few events the next year, didn't he, for Citroen. Um, was it Citroen? Yeah, he stepped into Loeb, I think, didn't he? Yeah, Loeb, was Loeb, Loeb, just, did yeah. Loeb not break his collarbone or something on a mountain bike accident or something like that? Mm, can't remember can't, that. Yeah, but, but my, 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 so I, d- I didn't really know Colin that well, but I do remember going to this, what was the Scottish Motorsport Show at the time, and it was down in, actually, Lanark. It was in the, the uh, exhibition centre at Lanark, and they'd set up a very short rally stage there. Um, and, and again, you know, there were a number of the McRae family around and Colin was due to turn up and the atmosphere just changed when he turned up. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. It was as if, you know, as he was, a superstar mm-hmm. had walked through the doors of yep. this conference centre. But there was a 6R4 there um, and around this, this, this little stage. And, you know, I was very fortunate. I got to sit in with him and do this commentary. And he was, like you say, George, all he wanted to do was drive that car as fast as he could. And he, he, he couldn't quite get it right. Apparently it was difficult with uh, 
hairpins in the six half. Yeah, is it something to do with the handbrake. Yeah, the handbrake and um, the power steering. I think were all. I never. I've, right. I've never been in one, but but they, they, they weren't. What, what they weren't stuff? the easiest to drive. I think when you got them right up to speed, I think they did handle very well. But I think on the slow right. stuff, you basically just had to drive it around a corner. Yeah, well, he, he, you know, he couldn't get this this hairpin right, and we must have. We were only supposed to go around twice. Mm-hmm. He must have gone around this little stage four or five times until he did get it. Right well done, yeah. You you, um, you could do it, but it was. I think it was pretty hard to get it because I think the chassis had so much traction. I think it was quite hard to get into these slow corners and then light it up because yeah. it just had so much traction. It didn't. It didn't actually want to behave in the manner that you'd but, want it to to be able to get it lit up and and round a, a narrower track. But I tell you what really surprised me about Colin at, at that event, uh, not knowing him, was uh, just as you say, George, how how almost shy he was. You know, he he just wanted. You know, they had they had the the cross carts and things. Mm-hmm. That he was absolutely herring around in. Um, people wanted to see him, and yet he would sign autographs and all the rest. But all he wanted to do was get in cars and just drive them and have a little bit of fun. Um, all of the other peripheries that went with with being a you know a, a motorsport superstar. Nope. Didn't really interest no, not him. At all. As, as not far at as all. I could see, they didn't really interest him. So um, it, it is wonderful, as you say, Luke, that that legacy clearly still is there and lives on. Yeah, yeah I think it's an important point you've made about his sort of character traits because I, I do think we're missing that a little bit now. And I don't really think it's anybody's fault in, in the way that the world is with social media presence and everything else. But Colin really was like a man of the people. Yes, he had essentially a God-given talent to drive a car almost to to levels that you couldn't even believe but he was he was just calling and he ever was different as george said to the guy he was 10 15 years ago before he ever started winning mm. things in, in world championship rallying you, people could resonate with him despite the fact he could do these crazy things he was just a normal bloke and it's mm. it's incredible it's it's i was gonna say it's a regret of mine it's not a regret because i was too young to to ever have the chance but I'd, i really do wish i'd i'd seen and even met colin and just experienced it for myself it's always one of those things that I wonder. Everybody talks about that moment where they've seen seen him take a car to a corner, and I never quite got that chance to see it. So it's it's, it's a shame. But it's enough well, on the internet. I'll tell you the first time. I'll tell you the first time, Luke, that I saw him, and I thought that is why this guy is loved. It was in Spain, George. Remember when I was with Five Five Five, and supposedly you you were the team uh, team manager at Subaru, the team direct sporting director, weren't you? Um, remember I'd come out, and I think we were staying in Lorette de Mar. It was Rally Rally Spain, Rally Spania. Uh, and there was this incredible hairpin, not a hairpin, it was, it was an open hairpin, a mass long straight into an open hairpin right that almost then, it was almost like an S bend, open mm-hmm. hairpin right that then came into a slightly less open hairpin left. Uh, and it was, a, it was just the most incredible long straight sweeping corner right into a less sweeping corner left. And, you know, it was the early days. This was 2003, 2002, 2003. Um, and... Uh, the very early days of, of the likes of Marco Martin emerging, and I suppose Perez Solberg and Sebastian mm-hmm. Loeb. And those guys came through first. The cars were on rails. They were on rails. And it was, it was spectacular. It was great to see. It was really great to see. It was, it was quick and it was controlled and it was as neat and tidy and precise as you could get. McCray appears over this crest because a long straight over a crest into this long downhill hairpin right. And as he appears over the crest, he just flicks the car sideways and points the nose in, and goes all the way around at 90 degrees to this open hairpin, and then bang, the back end's out again for the hairpin left, nose in all the way around the hairpin left, and the crowd, the crowd went absolutely 
nuts. Yep. Absolutely nuts. I have never seen anything yeah. like it or heard yeah. anything like Colin it. Just played, Colin just played for the fun of it. Very like, oh, very like was... Diddy Oriole in that. Diddy Oriole was all about driving. He didn't care about the stage times particularly. All he wanted to do was drive a nice stage. And you know, Colin was exactly the same. He didn't care about stage times. He didn't care about rally victories. He cared about one championship win enough to get it. To be honest, I think the rest of it was actually just, you know, this has got to be fun, otherwise it's not worth doing. You know, because what other explanation have you got for the fact he wasn't a multiple world champion? Because he, he was stuff. every Incredible bit he was stuff. every bit as good as Tommy. He was every bit as good as everyone else around at that time. Um yeah, yeah he didn't he didn't quite uh, get those championships. And they, I mean I mean he genuinely, I mean on, on the face of it, you know, I mean looking at it from outside, he threw them away because he just looked like he didn't actually care. No, this has got to be fun. I can take this corner at this speed. I'm sure I can manage that, you know. Never thinking about, you know, the championship or, you know, anything like that. Because he, he didn't I think he just genuinely didn't worry him, you know, he was he was being paid a a king's ransom, and maybe there was no bonuses on it. I have no idea what what the reason. I don't think, to be honest, I don't think Colin even really cared about money. Overlay, he just he wow. just loved yeah. driving rally cars, and that is yeah, a fabulous. Yeah, getting the best out of it, Colin. Exactly the absolute yeah. maximum yeah. everywhere, and that's a lovely, yeah. lovely thing to to have. Maybe not, no, yeah, maybe not the best for a team, but but fabulous from the driver's point of view <laughs> and from the spectators' point of view. It's no surprise Colin was the most popular driver with the spectators because he just simply was the best to watch. He was just fabulous. Just, just well, George, bizarre. I mean, you got you got to see him very close up in the early days of your career because you you and Colin competed uh, quite regularly on the same events. Um, but you also um. Had a car in common, is that right? That was we, up at the stages, up at the uh, the challenge at the weekend. We did so. Uh, his his uh, his mechanic Barry, um, Barry built two cars simultaneously. He built a a, a Sunbeam, a sixteen hundred Sunbeam Ti, I guess whatever it is. The the I don't know what they were the sports. I can't remember what they were called. It's just a sixteen hundred Sunbeam, uh, and he built a Nova at the same time, so that Colin could do lots and lots of events. Um, so I mean, Colin would typically be doing two rallies a weekend. You know, I mean, I don't know how many rallies he did in that first year, but it was incredible amount of mi miles. But that one of those cars was bought from my very good friend Bruce McKenzie, who'd built that car out of a road car. Um, and Bruce, I think he maybe did one rally with it, maybe two road rallies and things. I can't remember what he did with it, but he lent it to me to go to Sweden because I didn't have a car for Sweden in nineteen eighty seven. Was it 1987? 1886. Lose that call. There we go. Um, yeah, the the um, I think we used my seats from my rally car as it was. I don't think I had a rally car that year, which is why I borrowed a car. So it was bits and pieces borrowed from everywhere, and uh, it, it was a nice car. It was quite a nice car. Barry Lockhead rebuilt the axle that I bought for us um, at the time because Barry was the man with Sunbeams and Avengers. At that point, so Barry, of course, worked for Mitsubishi Rally Art, but he also looked after all the McRae's cars. Um, 
uh, and he built so many of them, and he can tell some stories. My goodness me, Barry Lockhead would have some stories locked up. Um, but but we did the Swedish in that car, and, and we, we got on very, very well. We'd got a tire deal that year in Sweden from the people that we that we circulated with there. The Swedes, they, they'd supported us a little bit. We'd been twice in a Mini, and then we came with quite a nice car to see how we could do. Um, so going with a Mini, it was a bit of a, a dog around. It was It was hard going. It went with the Sunbeam. The idea was we could get a, bit, a much better result in the sixteen hundred class and 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 see what we could do, and that that should you know maybe propel us to a half decent result. And we were lying something like were we sixteenth or seventeenth overall halfway through the second day. I mean, I remember starting off the second day from Park Fermi, and we were surrounded by Opel Manta four hundred Group Group B cars. You know that's that's the level of entry they had, and of course all the factory cars up front. But we were we were starting in in the top twenty that morning. I think we were. I can't remember quite what we got to. Maybe if I looked poured through ERC, I could find out. But we were definitely into the top twenty. Sixteenth or seventeenth rings a bell. If I got in touch with my old co-driver, I'm sure he'd tell us. But it was a phenomenal performance. And on that last day, we we actually had a little off that cost us, I think, a couple of minutes. And we maybe dropped back a little bit, but we continued. But then the engine broke, sadly. It um, it had the, the engine that we'd borrowed had the wrong rocker gear on it. And the rocker gear was vulnerable to failure if you didn't use the proper stuff, the proper forged stuff. And this engine didn't have it. I didn't know much about those cars. Um, and it failed. So it failed just coming up to a hairpin. Anyway, the engine blew up. We, we I, I got uh, hypothermia. That was an interesting experience. My co-driver went away to find our service crew. It took about seven hours before we got recovered. And it was minus, it was a really cold year that year, minus 35 the whole time. Oh. Night and day, it didn't change. It just was minus 30. The sea was frozen when we left Sweden for about two hours out in the boat. It was a remarkable experience. However... Um, uh, that was the car that uh, after we came back, I remember. Uh, so we 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 got the engine out. I had to buy my friend a new engine. That that took me six months to pay for that. Bruce got his car back with a nice new axle. I think I gave him my seats as well. And um, uh, shortly after that, that car was bought by uh, by Jimmy for Colin and and, and rebuilt wow. into a nicer car. I always remember Barry saying, "He said, George, how did you get on with that car?" I said it was pretty good. It, wasn't quite right, but it was good enough. Apparently, it had a bent chassis leg on it. <laughs> yeah, I, could, I mean, so Josh, what, it, it didn't what, quite steer right. What results did Colin get in the car? Did oh, he get some, some um, results, absolutely. Everything Colin did was amazing. Basically, he right. he he got great results in it. Between that and the the Nova, I mean, the guy was just a flyer. If he didn't wow. if he didn't wreck it, he would have got a great result. George, I've remembered what it was that I discovered about you the other week. Oh, right. Um, because <laughs> it was you mentioning, you actually said ERC, EWRC results again. Yeah. Uh, I remember ploughing through Rally GB sometime in the, would it have been the late 80s and the early 90s? And for about the first four or five stages, you were inside the top four or five drivers. Is that right? Uh, I, first, certainly for the first two or three, you were right there, right there in terms of your time. On the RAC um, rally, no. Yeah. Um, well, the, pretty sure you were, George. I do remember seeing it. No, uh, uh, there, there was a... Top ten. It was, 
No, we got. I got to fourteenth. I think I finished fourteenth. No, but inside. No, I know. I'm not talking about finishing, but in the first two or three stages. Oh, uh, and through right. through um, through Wales and some parts of Wales, we got we got top ten times. I think with the with the Group N Sierra. That was in Gwyn- that was in Gwyndaf's doorstep. It was very very odd. Yeah. I, I beat Gwyndaf all the way through his home stages, and then we went. Wow. Then we then the next day we went over to to. Um, Yorkshire, and we did all the Yorkshire stages, and we continued to to re- ream time off Gwyndaf in there, which we we really were extremely happy about because Gwyndaf was an incredibly experienced driver at that time. I mean, just remember, I'd only had a decent car underneath me for about four events at this point, and then we broke our suspect. Well, a, a shock absorber failed, just went soft, and we had to come through the last stage, filing Dales. Came out at Filingdales, and we had to drive it. We lost the, everything we'd gained through the whole of Wales and the whole of North Yorkshire. We lost, and we were about a minute behind Gwyndaf going into Kielder, and uh, and then we went into Kielder, and it was snowing, <laughs> and it was driving snow, and there was snow on the road at times. Sometimes there was, sometimes there wasn't, but there was flurries of driving snow about fifty percent of the time. And uh, my co-driver told me to go very carefully. It was Fred Gallagher. He said, George, he said, you know, it was no pace notes. Um, Fred wasn't, wasn't he, he wouldn't agree to read the maps. He said, no, because the maps aren't right. And he said, I'll be telling you to go one way and it won't. So you're better off driving on site, which means every single blind crest you come to, you have to slow right down because there's no tree line to follow. There's nothing. Anyway, after after a few miles, a second stage, we found Gwyndaf off, beached up away above the road, couldn't get back on. Uh, so we know we've got past him at least. I think he started a couple of cars in front of us. I think he was two cars in front of us. So we know we'd, we we already had four minutes on him. So we're, even if he got off, he was three minutes behind us. And then Fred said, no, you have to slow down now. So And there was this terrible, these terrible flurries of snow. Well, I think we got something like three or four top five times in Kielder and Fred being Fred yeah, he, he, he drove us yeah. he drove us really hard through there and no service time we didn't we didn't put a foot wrong in there but we I mean honestly I drove like my granny it was it was it was dreadful but we came out of Kielder we were third car on the road there was there was Marku Allen and I can't remember who else was in front of us was it Maybe Juha Kankinen and Juha Kankinen, I think, who won the rally, and Marku Allen in front of us. All the other top guys were all behind us. They'd all taken service. You know, there was penalty-free lateness. We never used any of it. So we came. I drove into Carlisle, into the you know the castle at Carlisle where the park farm was. I was third car in there, and they parked me next to these two Lanciers. It was just, we were car number 110. Colin, we started car number 110. And and, well, so you had the Sunday stages, then you had Wales, then you had Yorkshire and Kielder overnight. And it must've been about, you know, two o'clock in the morning or something like that, that you came into, you came into Carlisle at the end of, you know, three and a half days. And I'm, you know, there's car number one and car number three or something, and then there's car number 110 next. Thinking, I used to come to REC Rally, and you'd see some guy right at the end doing incredibly well, and you think that guy must be good. And I remember thinking to myself, I must be quite good. You know, that was about the best I ever felt about it. It was yeah, fun. Oh, happy days. Oh, happy God. days. Sorry. Yeah, anyway, uh, but that's that's the past. Uh, Luke, you saw the future this weekend, didn't you, at the McRae 
expert the McRae. I'm gonna get it right. I'm just so useless with event names. The McRae Challenge. The McRae Challenge. Max McRae. Now, now, <laughs> no need to laugh, George. Um, yes, there is. Uh, Max McRae. Listen, you know, Max McRae has been on the radar now for a couple of years, hasn't he? He's been doing events in Australia, uh, but he's very much put himself right at slap bang in the centre of things uh, at this point, and he's come to Europe. He's decided he's going to do, I think, a few rounds of the British Championship and uh, you know there's an awful lot of expectation isn't there an awful lot of pressure on the young man uh, what did you make of him look well to me he doesn't look at least outwardly very phased by the whole prospect now I don't know how much expectation there is within his own sort of family camp on things to get but he is only he only just turned 18 last month so he's still <laughs> incredibly young but as you say in Australia he's been doing quite well but he's not necessarily had the mass attention globally because I think people in Europe aren't necessarily so aware of the event. So they've not been chasing his stage times her, but now he's come back over here. I think everyone's waking up to realize that there is the next generation is here. And to me, actually the weekend there with, with uh, Jimmy, Alistair and Max all competing at the same time, it did feel like a really sort of poignant passing of the, the baton sort of mm. situation where it, this does feel like now, well, we know it is the hope because Jimmy and Alistair have retired from professional competition, but Max is, is here and he set a fastest stage time at the end at Not Kill as well, which was promising because he had struggled with, with various bits of the car not handling quite right um, throughout the, the event. So when it was all working, it came together. As you say, I think, Colin, you were mentioning before we started recording that you've seen quite a few folk speculate that there is a lot of pressure on building. He's the McRae name. He has to, to build the legacy. But we've got to remember that these are his first experiences on, on rallies outside of Australia. So he's never going to be getting the headline results now. He's here just to learn and to get his experience. And it'll, <laughs> it'll continue on the British Championship this weekend as well. But I've just been very impressed of how sort of sure-footed he seems. He, he hasn't felt... absolutely. Yeah, he hasn't seemed overwhelmed by it all, basically, which is impressive for a man so young. That, that's that's really what's impressed me. You know, I saw quite a bit of him uh, last weekend, the weekend before last at Goodwood. Uh, and, you know, the great thing about the rally stage at Goodwood is that, you know, you can, you can jump into a, a variety of cars and take them down through the rally stage. And he was doing just that. A, a lot of our boss, Steve Rimmer's cars were there. And Max made the most of that. He actually came up the hill uh, in the, the Quattro as well. Uh, and, you know, I had to keep reminding myself, he's 17 years old, you know, and he was pushing hard. <laughs> and you think, there is... Some real natural talent there, real natural talent there, but it's so difficult, so difficult to judge where that talent is in terms of the potential. Um, but you know, I, I really do hope that he does get a bit of an opportunity just to, um, just to learn his craft uh, without without too much expectation, without too much pressure, um, because he is only seventeen. He is just, you know, I think I think the weekend was more or less his first event in a four wheel drive car. Is that right? He's, I think Luke, he's, he's, he's done stuff in a in a Subaru in Australia, but it was it was certainly his, oh, yeah, his first yeah, event yeah. in a, a Rally Two car, yeah. So it was right, the, the, the quickest car, yeah. car he's driven, yeah, by by yeah, mile, absolutely. And I, so, I understood that the handbrake wasn't working, which on that circuit at Knock Hill, which is, I mean, it's uh, it's like going round a, a miniature uh, housing estate. You know, it's so so many tight tight corners. You really need the handbrake on those four wheel drive cars. Otherwise, I mean, it must have been absolutely hamstrung without it. I presume they made it work. Yeah, where, where, where he got his yeah, fastest there, there, time? There was that. Yeah, there was that, and there was a power steering went at a point as well. So you could see that the car just bless him. He was really struggling to turn it at points. But but this this is all part of rallying, though, isn't it? In a weird way, you'd want it to happen there, where 
essentially, yes, there was a competitive rally on and there was quite a bit of banter between the three McRae's of who would come out fastest. But ultimately, that was a weekend to remember to remember Colin and to celebrate all things Colin and that the family had done. So it wasn't like he was racing for a championship. But you learn the skills of perseverance for things like that. And he definitely got on top of it very well. Mm. Yeah, and that, that you're absolutely right. It's all part of learning that rally craft. And, and for me, you know, rally craft is, you can have a God-given talent as, as someone like Robin Perra has got, uh, as you mentioned that McRae had, but learning rally craft, which is what you need to, to win championships and ultimately what you need to be a world champion, you know, that, that takes a little bit more nous mm-hmm. and a little bit more planning. Mm-hmm. Um, but George, you know, what, what we're seeing these days, we are seeing the emergence of this new generation and it's, your rallying is, is not just about talent. It's about talent aligned with opportunity. Totally. There's Colin. an awful lot yep. of talent out there that does, doesn't get the opportunity. Yep. But what we're seeing these days with the likes of Robin Perra, the likes of young Solberg, the likes of, I suppose, uh, young Schwartz, who's, who's quite some talent. Although I, 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 I'm, I'm, Schwartz is going about it in, in uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a quieter way, which I kind of like and I think is the right way. But even as much, you know, if, we, if we look to Nicholas Gronholm as well, in Finland, and now the emergence of Max McRae. You know, it is, it is, <laughs> you are names, names that have the opportunity, I suppose, to showcase their talent and to build on their talent. But what would your advice be, George? I know there is so much experience within the McRae camp with obviously Jimmy and Alistair there uh, and all of the people that were around Colin in his days. But you know, how, how would you handle it, George? How would you advise a young driver with, with that kind of expectation? Um, you know, but that great opportunity. How would you go about this? Well, I, I think I, I would probably do exactly the same as Alistair's doing, which is give, give, uh, give, give my 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 protege, my child, whoever it would be, the maximum amount of opportunity and try and ease as much pressure off them and as much expectation of them. You know, Alistair was another one that just. I mean, he was a renowned, very very hard driver on a car, but incredibly quick at the same time. Um, I just he just loved driving, you know. He just again, he wasn't that fussed about all the ins and outs of it. And I think if you can just go out and enjoy it, and and you do have that natural talent, and it's allowed to develop. I mean, in that in that uh, circumstance, natural talent can be can be molded and shaped as well. You know, you've got the natural talent, but you can point people in the right direction, stop certain traits developing that that can be negative. Um, you know. They can instill the discipline of of you know effort and 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 uh, preparation to to make it all work because that's you also need a huge amount of that to succeed in rallying at all times even more so now with uh, with the way that the pace notes are done and the, the the amount of video analysis that seems to go on. Not saying that all drivers need that, but certainly it seems to be a key in in the in the case of many of these drivers. I've been thinking about that subject of another podcast. I've got some ideas about pace notes and how to go about and how to leverage the best opportunities. People are still missing a trick there. I've already figured it wow. out. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 seconds a kilometre to be won. <laughs> okay, there's not <laughs> seconds. There's not one, there's not yes. seconds a kilometre to one, but there's definitely. I, I just I was thinking about what they're doing, and, and I think there's more to be done. But subject of another thing. But no, um, uh, uh, young Max, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, enjoy it absolutely. He's he had a great experience here in Europe for a few weeks. He's got one more event to do. I'm correct. Yes. So yeah. He has one more event. Yeah, I think so. One more event yeah, to do. This weekend. He'll go back to... When is it, when is it Luke? When is it, when's the event? Is, is it this weekend coming? 
Yeah, Nicky Griff stages in the British yeah. Championship. So somewhere, yeah. oh. it's both Wales, I think, in mid-Wales. Oh, it so. is both Wales. Yeah. That's yeah. just down the road from that's me. All, I might have to make a little That's all there. the big fast stages. So that's a great place to learn to drive. WRC he will, he yeah. will go back to Australia, you know, a second a kilometre faster than when it, what he was when he left. You know, yeah. it, it's a, it's an absolute fact uh, that 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 type of experience is going to broaden his ability. He's going to go back twice the driver yeah. he was, twice the experience he was, a different perspective. You know, George, Hopefully, George, it's maybe given him a focus as well to say, actually, yeah, maybe I do want to do this. But it's quite you know, I mentioned all those other familial sort of links you know, between successful drivers and the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the big difference with young McRae clearly is that he's based in Australia. Um, when he goes back there. It, I think they're in a little bit of a difficult situation here now because you know, what do they do? Do they stay in Australia? Do they compete in Australia where you know you can learn rallycraft, but in terms of the level of competition, well, it's 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 nowhere near uh, where it is in Europe. And you know, in terms of the experience, the stages you're running on, well, there's very little chance that they're ever going to be part of the World Rally Championship. Um, yeah. So you know, what, what do you do? Do you say, okay, listen, we're, we're, we're going to go and we're going to do another year or two in the Australian Championship. We're going to build that experience. You're still only going to be 19, 20 when you come yep. to Europe safe full time. Yep. Or do you just say, now's the time, we, we go straight to Europe? Colin, it's you, difficult you, one, you, you, already, you already started it. You know, rallying's a, a meld between uh, talent and opportunity. So the name yeah. the name is the opportunity. The talent, yeah. the talent has to be, uh, natural talent has to be present. And then you have to develop it, nurture it properly, and have the intelligence to 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 use it in the right way. We've seen many drivers that haven't had the intelligence to use it in the right way, and 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 leverage that. Now, um, I think Max is coming from an era where where that intelligence uh, uh, is is well understood. The requirement for that intelligence is well understood. You know, and, and we're talking the type of intelligence we're talking about is sharpness. You know, eyes in the back of your head, great peripheral vision to see all the opportunities, gather them up, identify what's good, discard what you don't need. And his family can help him do that. You know, Jimmy, smart an operator as ever was on rally. And, you know, whilst the the the, the mechanics of some of the challenges have changed, the nous to leverage them still exists. It, it's not changed, not changed at all. His father, his father obviously has a wealth of experience and should be able to take a lot of strain and be able to give him a lot of steer. Um, and of course, I mean, if we, if he really wants to succeed, head off to the Dirtfish Rally School. Let Nate Tennis get a hold of him. He'll sort him out. He'll develop him. <laughs> that was know. fantastic, George. That was. Oh, was that good? Was that was that great? Yeah, was that, it? That was, okay. That was a very good link. I, yeah. I mentioned Nate because I was I was chatting to him on emails earlier this week. So we're we're desperate to. Uh, we're desperate to get together and have a chat, really. I think we've got a, Nate, a common Nate's interest. Nate's a great guy. He, well, he actually, Nate, Nate's a great guy for a uh-huh. number of reasons, but but right up there with me because he was brave enough to sit in a, mm-hmm. a wonderful Subaru with me mm-hmm. and show me how to do things properly. Yeah. Uh, it took him a little while, George, yeah. but I'm looking at the certificate now. It's from Dirtfish Rally School uh-huh. on my wall. Yeah. It says, we survived half-day programme. <laughs> that was me and Nate. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I might say it all, actually, that is. But anyhow, it does. anyhow. It does. So, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm joking aside, so look, I think Max is, you know, the name gets him the opportunity. That That's all it gets yeah. him. I mean, obviously, it gets him the opportunity in that, you know, it may attract funding. Um, he lives in one of the richest little quadrants of the world uh, in Western Australia. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that any of the companies down there want to 
leverage the, 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 the McRae name or, or, the, or the Max personality to be some form of um, uh, sponsors and, and support to make them succeed. That, probably not, so he'll probably have to come to Europe to be able to leverage something. Um, Jimmy obviously managed to do very well, you know, leveraging the support required and raising the money, probably put a lot of his own money into, into uh, getting Colin started. Um, I'm absolutely categorically sure he did. Um, big undertaking, you know. Gwyndaf Evans did, did the same. Um, Peter Solberg did the same. Harry Toivonen did the same. Um, so you know, you've got to leverage that opportunity to get them there, and then then they've got to succeed. You know. Now, Cali uh, uh, Rovenpera, well, he's there. He's there now. We've got we've got young uh, young Mister Solberg, and he's he's getting there. He's got a bit to do yet, a fair bit to do yet, but we know he's got the talent, but he's got to bring it all together. That's got to gel into, you know, he's, he's, he gets stage times, but he's not had great days yet, full days. So he's got to get those days and then he's got to get the events. And that's the way I would approach it with with, with the youngster there. Um, but, I mean, I, I digress. The point being is... Um, Max, if you've got the talent, mate, you know, of course, of course, you're going to make it because you'll. I'm sure you'll generate the opportunity. You, the the interest is already there. That you know, you're a great media story, by default. So don't don't be shy to leverage it. Um, you wouldn't be trading on it because you're quite clearly a level-headed guy. But but absolutely leverage that and uh, make the most of the opportunity. You know, you're doing the world of rallying a favor because. Um, uh, if you've got the talent, we want to see you out there giving us uh, viewing pleasure. What shall we say? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, George. Yeah, and level-headed is yeah, a very level -headed. Good description yeah. of the young man. Yeah. For 17 years old, he, he really is very level-headed indeed. Great. Uh, boys, we, we've um, we had a couple of other things to talk about, but um, when George starts telling stories, the time flies by. The time has flown by. Again, <laughs> apologies, apologies listeners. Most of it was about rally this rally. time, so I, I think some of our... It was all about rally. Good. It was all about good. rally, and we love your stories, George. Uh, but briefly, uh, Luke, anything else you wanted to quickly bring up this week? Oh, you put me on the spot with that one, George. Um, George? Colin. Colin. Oh, <laughs> he got you, he got you finally, Colin. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that ought to make the edit, though. That ought to make the edit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, that's going in. Oh dear, we won't, we won't tell anybody else what Colin did to me um, on the first, no. first attempt. We won't do that. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Luke. You almost, <laughs> almost, almost got a gold star. It's now a silver star. <laughs> no, but I honestly, yeah, I guess there's extreme e-returns this week um, after I think it's about 20 weeks off, uh, which is... Quite, I'm not quite, interested. I'm really not interested. George, you got anything you want... I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm really, I'm really, was, was really. I'm not, I'm not interested. I really, I'm not, I'm, I'm, really, know, really, it needs, it needs Colin, Colin, game. I really want to. I want to drive one of those cars. I want to drive. I, I want to. I want to enter the event. Stuff it. It's about time I got back into. It. I've been doing. I've been doing. Yeah, it'll be great fun. Like it's, it's a wee circuit. You learn it in two minutes. Yeah. And then uh, where are they going to? They're going to Sardinia, aren't they? Is it yeah, Sardinia. Sardinia yeah, but it's, oh, it's, yeah, there's two care. races. Listen, I was a bit brutal. I was You're a bit brutal. brutal. It's not that not interesting. Be, I think it'll be great fun to drive. Hang on, and it's quite a good Back spectacle. You, you know, when when Nasser Alatia puts Carlos Sainz off Shush. the road, it's Shush. fabulous. Shush! I love Nasser Alatia. He's, he's he's just a yeah. superstar. He was a superstar at Goodwood. Look, I, that was very brutal of me. You're quite right, and 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 quite disingenuous because I am interested in extremely. Tell us about it. Well, I guess apparently, and I'm saying apparently because you never know how these things turn out until they actually compete, but there has been some 
improvements to the dampers on the car, which was the big issue oh. of the car, was suspension was a bit of a problem. So the, mm. the, there's that. There's I think there's about four driver changes um, going on. Zeit Energy Racing changed both the drivers. Um, and I've got, I have to say, Tamara Molinaro's in there, which I think is brilliant. I think she's been robbed a little bit of a seat so far, so it's nice to see her in there. But I think oh, it's just nice to have oh. something a bit different to watch. And we've got Look. something in the week as well. Go on. Yeah, no, you're quite right. But if you're talking about robbery, uh, what's Molly Taylor doing sitting at home? But this what's is that the, all the, about? This is the big what question. What is Molly Taylor doing sitting at home? You know, she wins the championship. Is is from what I could make out the standout driver, or certainly one of the two standout drivers, and she's sitting at home. What, yeah. What's that all about? Truthfully, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows apart from Molly and her team at this point. They've been very tight-lipped on the situation. Well, but it's, as you say, it's a crying shame. It makes no sense to me either. The championship is definitely yeah. a lot poorer without her. I can say that. I think so. I think so. I think it really is. I'm not entirely sure Molly knows, to be honest with you. I, had a good, I did actually see her when I was last in Australia for, for the Targa event. And, uh, you know, I think she's almost as bewildered as the rest of us mm-hmm. are. Uh, anyway, anyway, that's that's extremely. We'll we'll talk about that next week, and I will follow it with interest because there are some great drivers there. Um, and you know, I like the concept. I do like the concept. I find the execution at times just a little bit odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, that's that's my personal view. Anything else from you, George? Before we wrap up, um, yeah, auto test, auto test, Colin. You need oh, to be yeah, doing, trying to get you. Colin into the competition <laughs> behind the drive behind the the, the steering wheel. So I just I, I just looked car, out George. I just looked out my auto test result from the last one and I noticed that actually uh, on each of the, the you get three runs at, at each test and there's two tests there's two tests that are run twice so you get six runs at each stage and I noticed that I got a second fastest on one test overall and a first fastest on another test now that's that's meaningless because it's always the two yeah. best on each run that you count. Um, so even even at that, I still was ending up in the top three or four. But believe it or not, because of my little misdemeanors, despite the fact that you know on any one given run, the slowest I was was fourth quickest on one of my three yeah. runs. But because of other little indiscretions or learning yeah. learn <laughs> learning difficulties that I that I may have exhibited that particular day. I only ended up 11th overall, 5th in class. That's outrageous. That's outrageous. George, well, here you go. Just to make you feel better, George, I'd forgotten I did another rally. I did, what do you call them, an 11 car? Is that what you call it at the local no. Portrays, Portrays um, Car Club? 12 car, they're called. 12 car, yeah. 12 cars. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been an 11 car because I shouldn't have been in Indeed. it. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I had the best navigator, the best, you know, renowned as being the best navigator. Uh, and we did it in my Tuareg, and it was, it was in the wintertime. It was dark. And we ran that car had no headlights. That the, the was difficult. There had no That'll headlights. That what happened then. That'll explain what happened. So we ran around and we did, and he was brilliant in navigating. And this guy's been navigating for 20 or 30 years. And we had to slow at one point because I made him feel sick. Um, That's because you had no headlights. That makes a cool driver We do the whole circuit and we finish. We finish something like 24 minutes ahead of everyone else. And I'm preening. I'm preening like a cock of the north going, this is dead easy. It's a simple thing to do. Look, I've finished it. And then the penalties came in. Oh, my. We finished last. We yeah, finished there you last. Go. There you we'd go. missed, we'd missed what, half what of the, the boards. Uh, right. I, got, okay. I got done for reversing into a time control because I flew through it and then reversed back oh, to, yeah, get my, it, yeah. to get my time card. Oh, well, my Well, you wouldn't have seen it, Colin, because um, the headlights on that car were actually like candles. The worst in the world. The worst in you the world. You should not have been driving that car um, at night anywhere at any time, far less a road rally. Days. Yeah. Happy days, George. I had them on full yeah. beam most of the time, well, blinding everyone. Saltar Car Club. Um, 
uh, aero, aero production uh, auto test. It's an all forwards auto test. It's like little miniature special stages, very short, oh, wow. very tight in a controlled area. It's all set up by the MSUK Motorsport UK. Of all, you know, they've got the parameters and and uh, it's all followed very closely. It's a fabulous, uh, fabulous day out. Um, right. You join Saltire Car Club for ten pounds. Anyone, any takers, you bring any car along to it. You, you you don't need a handbrake on it because it's all forwards. You don't go backwards, um, and you need a you need a Motorsport UK RS Clubman license, which is free. You'd have to apply for it online. You need a you need a car club uh, registration number. So um, and the entry fee is thirty five pounds. So and I think there's about forty entries available. I've got my entry in, which is the only reason I'm telling you, because if we get a flurry of entries for it. Um, uh, which I really would like to see that we get a flurry of entries. Inter- what date inter- is it, George? It's on the what twenty. Date? It's on the twenty fourth of 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 July. It's a Sunday. Twenty third or twenty fourth, something like that. It's that weekend anyway. And it, it's a well, I'm doing fabulous nothing that weekend, George. So I might I might look into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can passenger for me. I'm... You can you can actually passenger no. for me if you. Well, why would I want to do that? What, what, I want what, to what car are you going to bring? I want to beat you. What car are you bringing? I want to beat you, George. A, a yeah. car that was capable of beating you, Colin. You won't. You won't beat me. You won't beat me. Well, this this, this sounds like a challenge. You if, won't beat gonna, me, Colin. <laughs> categorically, need... you will not beat me. Luke, are you coming along? I might have to now. <laughs> if, what if, what if, car are you if coming? Plenty, plenty podcasts between now and then to discuss this, but you'll not beat me, Colin. Only two. Only two or three, George. I think I will be. No, Genuinely, no. I think I'll be. No, no, right, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm, I'm putting my, my la- right. I need the details. You, we'll put it on on social media somewhere, will, George. The details of how to get these licenses. You will. I've already, to give I've you already a good told kicking. people they can replay it. It's dead easy. Saltire Car Club, ten quid entry. Saltire ten quid to join the car club. Uh, right. Then. Um, uh, all right. You have. You're right. We'll go back. We'll go back and we'll find all those details, George. Because do you know what? Uh, we're up to our time limit, George. We're over our time. Over limit. our time Lisa, limit. When she OTL. edits this. It's going to be really, really, really upset with you. Remember, Colin, that, that there was a segment for a couple of minutes at the start that we can get to cut. That we're, we're yeah, call, we're that Colin yet. forgot. We talk about we're, that. We're we Colin forgot about Luke's George, name. George, George. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that. Outed, Luke, you outed, know I love you and I love outed. your work. You know I love you and I love your work, Luke. That's been noted. Uh, my, my lips are sealed for now. Good, thank you. I am the world's worst when it comes to names and titles, and I apologise profusely for that. Uh, Folks, thank you very much. You've been uh, wonderful. Um, Luke, you've been even more wonderful. George, and we're back next week, guys. So uh, we'll see you all then. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you.